WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Upfront program. It's Thursday morning, April 29, April 29th. 2021. Roger Bouchard here on, uh, I guess you could say I'm on a Tuesday through Thursday basis on the program. Dick Dick Bouchard does it on um, on Mondays and John Brian does the program on Fridays. Now, the reason that, um, that uh, we have um, different hosts on Friday and Monday is that we had a meeting of the corporation and they said I was too boring. And so, therefore, uh, we had to replace me on certain days. And so, uh, that's uh, why John Breen will be here tomorrow. And that's why uh, Dick will be here on Monday. However, uh, on Tuesday through uh, Thursday is okay. Because often I have Chris Boulay with me. And that makes me less boring. Good morning to you, Chris. How are you doing over there? Good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. And I may describe you many ways, but boring is absolutely not one word I would be thinking about. Well, that's good to hear. Well, we're at a good start here. It's a telephone talk show. Hey, call in. Come on. 769-0600, 766-1380. Any topic you want to talk about. We have a topic before we uh, grab any phone calls, though. And that is uh, the presidential speech last night. And uh, so... I'm going to ask you maybe to uh, come comment, uh, Chris, because you actually did your homework. You you watched his speech. Uh, there's content uh, to comment on, and then there's delivery to comment on, and then there's reaction to comment on. You're on the president's speech. Yes, um, you cannot uh, deny my commitment to uh, 1380 WNRI when I, when I sat through that speech. Um, I, I think the conventional wisdom is if the the, the uh, the speech was better with the sound off, but uh, the bar is so low for him, but he's got the teleprompter. He mispronounced a few words. He stumbled here and there, but his message was, we're from the government. We're here to take care of you. We're here to help you. So they added up all the spending, and now he's talking about $1.8 trillion in spending, and they're going to spend $6 trillion of money that we don't have. We talked about it Tuesdays, basically constructing money. Why raise taxes on anyone when you're just printing money out of thin air? It doesn't matter. But we're going to be approaching, I could look it up, but $30 trillion in debt. And you talked about it. I think it was it was, it was either um, yesterday or the day before. I guess there's 300 unfilled jobs on Federal Hill. Mm-hmm. So, so the government is actually getting in the way of economic development because and, and economic growth because they're paying people to stay home. And many restaurants, everyone knows this, are having trouble getting people. McDonald's and some places are paying people $50 to show up for an interview. They're showing up. It's like a timeshare sales person. You know, you show up, you grab your free golf, and you leave. But um, it's unbelievable. The government's in the way. And it's not like unintended consequences. You could see if people are going to get paid to stay home, then you're going to hurt the economy. So the government should just get the heck out of the way. But that's just not the Democratic platform from from Biden. And you, you know he doesn't believe what he's saying. He's got a 40-year track record as a senator. He's got an eight-year track record as vice president. And you just can see the ins- insincerity that he's just saying what needs to be said today. And now... Um, 
it was it was joke. And then obviously everyone noticed that everyone in that room has been vaccinated, uh, and they for for theater they wear masks. So the president comes in with a mask, and then he makes his speech, and he leaves with the mask, and he's interacting with all of the Democrats kissing up to him, which is fine. He's the president of the United States. Uh, he deserves that respect and, and, and admiration no matter what his policies are. I guess that's kind of, uh, uh, you know, he's a still a president. But we're going to look back in a couple of years and say, what the hell was this gener- people thinking you know, everyone's been given a vaccine, and uh, they still wear the mask, and it's just sending a terrible message. And the inconsistency, I loved Tim Scott, uh, the senator from South Carolina, who's been spoken about as the 2024 presidential candidate on the Republican side. I guess there's like 17 of them, but this was a very important speech for his political career, and he just got an 11 on 10. He look, I don't know if you saw that. A little bit, no, a clip. Yeah, he, he was tremendous. Um, he, he's an African-American. And the juxtaposition of what the way he looks at the world and the way AOC looks at the world and, and to leave out in Minnesota. So he focused on the fact that he was brought up by a single mom who worked very hard. The family didn't have any money. They were uh, in the cotton fields. And he's going in one generation, uh, one lifetime for his grandfather from being extremely, extremely poor to a senator. And talk about as a presidential candidate. Juxtapose that to AOC, who came from a, being a bartender and is now a member of Congress, and all she does is hate on America. And then you've got Tlaib, I think that's her name, out in Minnesota, the 14th District, and she was a Somalian refugee. She came to America, and she made her dreams come true and became a congressperson, congressman, and hates America. So take those things and you juxtapose them. And Mr. Scott, Senator Scott, looked right in the camera and said, America is not a racist nation. He goes, I've experienced it. And if you focus on things and that happen, let me restate that. If you don't recognize the progress we've made in the last 50 or 100 years and you try to fix racism from racism from years ago with racism today, and he gave examples. I just thought it was fantastic. He really elevated himself because a lot of people who follow politics know him well. People who don't, which is the vast majority of the uh, American population, now get to know him. And um, outstanding and right, the right person at the right time to say, hey, you've got to believe in the American dream. You've got to believe in yourself. And government doesn't have the answers to everything. And $6 trillion of money that we don't have spending that and then putting policies in place that are disincentivizing people to go to work is just folly. Is this the first time that Senator Scott is uh, being uh, talked about as a possible uh, presidential uh, candidate? Um, probably to this degree. He did speak at the Republican National Convention and, and, and did very, very well. I was just watching because um, it's a very difficult speech to give. You know, Marco Rubio hurt himself. And it, it's a, when you're on the opposition, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, if you're giving the opposition speech, it's very, very difficult. So I was watching if he was nervous. I was watching if um, he stuttered or stammered or his ideas didn't flow. I give him a 10 on 10 on 10 on 10 on everything. Uh, it was because I love Lindsey Graham. You know, I think Lindsey Graham is a great American. But when he when the Democrats spent about one hundred twenty million dollars to get him out of office, you could see the tension that uh, in his voice and the when he presents himself in Fox. And now he's relaxed and he's stepping back a, a little bit. But uh, 
Senator Scott was just, he just knocked it out of the park. Okay, we'll know who you'll vote for if he gets on the ballot. <laughs> I would absolutely c- consider him, um, he, he could really unify this country in, in a way that he's an African-American, he came from poverty, he considered, and this was a great quote, I'm, I'm sure somebody said it before, but the closest thing that we have to magic in this world is an education. And you think about some of the people who rose up with an education, and like I said, I, I uh, looked at every word, I watched it twice, and uh, it was absolutely fantastic, and I know he knows how important that speech was for him. This is the Upfront program on WNRI. We have our first uh, caller waiting. We're going to grab that call, and uh, we'll also do a few commercials, and we'll also uh, talk more about other sop- topics, too. Hello there. What's on your mind? Well, <clears throat> well, let me just say, I did not watch. I watched some of uh, Senator Scott. I know who Senator Scott is. I've been talking about him locally for probably a year. And um, whether he will be a Republican nominee or not, I don't know. But if Donald Trump is the nominee, I can guarantee you Mike Pence will not be the vice president. Because that would cause me not to vote for Donald Trump. That's how disgusted I am with the lack of courage of Mike Pence. But I called about something much more important. We all knew what he was going to say. I think you gentlemen would agree. More spending, make more people dependent on the government, buy votes, uh, 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 do the mail-in ballot, get another fraudulent election, and the 2020 election was a fraudulent election. But I'm not here to call about that. Roger. I've been going through a lot of old papers, and I have a lot of them, and I came upon a column written by Denise Perot, and it was about something that had happened when Mr. Dion was the council president and Mrs. Menard was a council person, and there was another female council person involved. Anyway, most of her, most of her column was about that. At the bottom, she said... I don't want to be, words to, the, uh, to this effect, I don't want to be um, accused of not reporting what's really important in the Blackstone Valley. <clears throat> so she said, and she, of course she used my name, at a fundraiser for so-and-so blah blah, um, Roger Bouchard won the uh, prize of the pink bunny slippers. Do you remember that? No, I don't. <laughs> well, you must have. I, I, I don't even know. Do you know what she's talking about? I <laughs> know. Uh, no, no. You're going to have to help oh. us. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're pulling my leg. I bet you do remember it. I but bet I don't rate, remember it. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, at any rate, it was in Denise's column. And uh-huh. when uh, my life calms down a little bit, uh-huh. I, I will make a copy of that uh, yeah. of that clipping and drop it off for you but i thought it was hysterical and she suggested i guess you did a um you did a tv show at that time well we did a cable cable show a cable. Uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and she suggested that you wear them on your cable show so that mm-hmm. everybody could see them uh 
boy, it's t- you know what? It's tough when people keep these old newspaper clippings, well, right? We, when you were going back there, I thought you were going to be talking about when they wanted to make a person hole and change the, all the code in the city of Woonsocket, and we became the laughing stock of uh, the nation. That was kind of about yeah, that time. I, I think, uh, I, yeah, go ahead. That was Francis Lento, but nobody would be laughing today, would they? Because they are saying more ridiculous things than person hole now. Um, I think I think it was his his daughter was a feminist, I believe. I don't know. She was very smart, but I I do remember that, Mr. Boulay, very very well. But look at the ridiculous things that are being said now. Enough. I'm getting off the phone. I'm going to have my breakfast. Thank well, you. Thanks. Hopefully, when you have. Breakfast. You continue listening bye to bye. us. Oh, of course. Bye. Bye bye. We're going to pick on you. No, just Pink slippers. No, that's something right. you remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, that, that did not go on my memory card. I don't. If I won them, I don't think I took them home. <laughs> I put have trashed them. Hello there. How you doing? Morning, guys. So Good morning. I I did not see the um, <clears throat> the Tim Scott speech, but I just wanted to um, make a an observation. So. You know, growing up, I, I you know, I, I watched uh, George W. Well, George H. W. Bush, and then I watched um, uh, George W. Bush, and then I, they, I thought they were pretty, pretty sort of moderate Republicans. And then uh, McCain and, and Romney, when they lost, I thought to myself, I wish these guys, you know, I think these guys would have won if they were more moderate. Looking back in time, they were very moderate. I mean, those two guys, the last two guys I mentioned, would probably be Democrats in most states. Would you agree with that? Y- yes, a lot of people would so, call. Um Call McCain a Democrat name only, and the same thing would would apply uh, um, to Romney. Yeah, so um, or Republican name only. Excuse so, me. So when Trump came along, I was like, "Wow, this guy's too extreme." I was like, he, "He's going to lose. He's going to get killed," and he ended up winning. So it just surprised me. I thought I was like, "Man, I could not have been more wrong with my perception." I thought when I was thinking McCain and Romney were too conservative, man, I could not have been more wrong. And you had Trump come along. He went nuclear on the border. He went nuclear on so many issues, you know. I think in 2024, I, I think a guy like Tim Scott or I think a guy like Dan Crenshaw or when you think of guys that are possible contenders, Rubio, I think they're too reasonable. And, and I know this sounds weird, but they're like too reasonable and too moderate. I think they might need another um, another Trump, a guy that's willing to go nuclear on anything, I, I, on everything. I don't know what you guys think. but Well, when I think of Trump, did, did you vote for Trump? I, well, I did the first time, not the second time. Okay. So, on the, fir- on the first time, say he called you out personally on Twitter and c- complained about you and, 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 and ridiculed you. What I was thinking about his second term is Donald Trump kind of ran out of people to make fun of. So, there, there are some times you're going to just say to hell with it and think about you kind of put into a, a, a box. Just like when he picked on McCain and said, I, I want, um, you know, he's not a hero. I want my heroes not to be captured. If, if he was going to go down that path, he could have said it much, much cleaner than that. But literally, Donald Trump ran out of people to insult. And I think there's a lot of people out there who said, the hell with it. You know, he might be doing a great job. And I always use this example. Say, say I'm your financial advisor. 
and you retire at 45 years old and you're doing great. We, we did a great job together. And every time I talk to you and I say, you know, you, I did such a great job for you. You're lucky that I, that I did this job for you. You know, otherwise you'd probably have to retire at 60 like everyone else. That's the, that's the attitude Trump had. And I think he just ran out of people. He did a great job in four years. He got so much stuff done, but he just peed off a lot of people who just said, I'm not going to vote for him because of, and, and, he, and you can go back and look at those tweets. He called out thousands of people directly and indirectly. Yeah, but I mean, who in 2024 would be able to, I mean, who do you think is the best guy, the best chance, best guy or gal to be, to be, um, to be, to, to be Biden or, or Harris? Like, who is going to have that charisma or that? I mean, is it going to be Caitlyn Jenner? I don't know. That that person may not have surfaced yet. If you think about it, I, I think it was June of 2015 when Trump came down the escalator with Melania. And so he was not on the surface. He'd been talked about being, I mean, you can go back and look at YouTube. He was talking about being president in 1997. And he said, uh, he, he kind of always hemmed and hawed and said, uh, I don't think I can do it or want to do it, but I think I make a great president. So I don't know. I think we both know on the, on the Democratic side, I think we both like Tulsi. And on the Republican side, uh, Christy Noem, um, she seems to be a, a, a real solid person but i haven't done my due diligence on scott but if i just take face value what he's represented how he presented himself he had a little bit of ronald reagan in him and he said he looked right in the right in the camera and said america is not a racist country and to me anyone who wants to call and debate us we want we want to hear it. obama got voted in 2008 2012 he, he, and then now we we have Biden, and who, who everyone pretty much knows he's not going to make it to a second to to uh, to his first term. And we've got uh, Miss Harris as, as vice president. We are not a racist country if you look at it that way. You look at some of the things that have happened. So when an African American picks him up by the boot, uh, bootstraps, gets an education, becomes a senator, believes in the American dream, that is very compelling for America that needs to be healed uh, very soon. I agree. We'll see what happens. Thank you. We'll for see your what time. happens. Yeah, I wish him, I wish him the best of luck. Bye bye. We are on the upfront program. We have callers waiting, and we have topics waiting, and we have commercials waiting. Well, here's a question for you from Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484-300-8495 for a free no-obligation in-home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. If you need a plumber, I hope you'll consider Ray Dion, Dion's Plumbing Systems. From Cumberland, serving the greater Woonsocket area, we do residential and commercial work. We work on kitchens and bathrooms, heating systems, drain cleaning. We're licensed, we're insured. Over 30 years experience from Ray Dion, you can expect clean, neat, dependable, and courteous work. So when the pipes burst, think of Dion's Plumbing first. The number to call is 334-6060, Dion's Plumbing Systems. We do bathrooms, kitchens, heat and hot water systems, and all kinds of special work as it relates to plumbing. Dion's Plumbing Systems. Think of us. We'll do it right for you. The Benjamin Allstate Agency is currently in need of licensed sales insurance agents. 
We're looking for new staff at both the North Smithfield and Bellingham locations. Full-time positions. Have you always wanted professional employment but don't have a college degree? We might be what you're looking for. We're in need of a person that is licensed in insurance or willing to be trained and mentored to be licensed to quote, sell, and write insurance business. As a licensed sales professional, you'll have the opportunity for a high-earning career representing a nationally recognized brand in a small business environment that allows you to gain valuable business experience. It's a meaningful career where you'll be able to build strong relationships, help customers protect what matters most to them, and make a difference in your community. As a licensed sales professional at the Benjamin Agency, you'll receive a training program that allows you to advance your skills for a successful long-term career, opportunities to promote and support professional growth while helping you to better serve Allstate customers. Hours are Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 5, with benefit package available. Opportunity awaits you at the Benjamin Agency. Call 401-765-5000. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. Well, this property here is uh, a two-family. Stop paying rent. Invest in your future with this uh, two-family in the Globe section at 43 Summit Street here in Woonsocket. This house, built in 1909, is in beautiful condition at 279.9. The property is set back from the road, offers a three-car garage, plenty of parking, nice front yard, and fenced-in backyard, perfect for those uh, summer cookouts. Yes, they will be coming. Those temperatures will be rising. The sun will be shining. Anyway, each unit has two good-sized bedrooms, full bathroom, large eat-in kitchen, spacious living room, kitchen appliances remain in both units, separate utilities, laundry hookups in the basement, plenty of basement storage space, replacement windows and new Final sighting and new roof are there. Schedule for a showing today. Call Scott McGee at 639-2906. And take a look at this property here in Woonsocket for sale. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. How are you doing over there, Christopher Boulay? Doing very well. Good. This is the Upfront program. It's a talk show. We'll grab another call and then another topic. Hello, your conversation, please. Hi. Hi. Listen, morning. I liked him, Scott, okay? And I did watch his speech, and he was good. But I'm going to tell you outright, I don't think he's ready to be president. I think he's too nice. I don't want a president that nice. <laughs> now, I'll tell you what I would support. I would support a Trump-Tim Scott ticket. I'd be all in favor of that. That way, we could have Trump again, which we need, and we could train Tim Scott to be the more robust, mean, dominating person you need to take on all these other leaders in this rotten world we live in, where the only real free country is America, and don't kid yourself about it. And um, I just really think that, you know, Tim Scott would be a good vice president. He could learn to be a good president, but we need Trump again. And Trump did get enough, did get more votes than anybody but Biden. And Biden's votes are still questionable. And to show it, Arizona's still going over and what are they auditing? The ballots in their state. Because they still think something was wrong. 
it could be it could be another year, and all of a sudden we could find out that actually Trump did win, and he was right because so far Trump says it was stolen. Well, you know, they laughed at Trump when they said they had spies in the White House, the FBI, and etc. had spies in the White House. We found out they did. Now Trump says he won the election. I wouldn't be surprised in a couple of years he's batting 100 to find out that, yeah, he really did. And I don't think it would be, a, I think it would be a great thing to have Trump for four more years. And then Tim Scott could be the next president. Too nice for president. Is the argument well? I, I think um, I, I think that's a, a great thought in terms of having him be vice president, and I think that's where Miss Smith was going with it. I, I don't know if we finished that thought, but yes, he would be a great addition to the ticket if, if Trump is still there. One of the, one of the things, though, you know, you bring up a good point. Um, but Trump wasn't batting a, a, a thousand with some of the uh, accusations he made. Um, was he being spied on and they laughed at him? Yes. Was there a Russian hoax? Yes. He, he's done well, but still there's enough fact-checking where he's done enough exaggeration. You know, some of the things that Scott brought up last night is during the Trump years, as we've talked about it, African-American, Latino, Asian, white, you name it, unemployment, was was at an all-time low and household income was at all-time high you know all the tide rose all boats so yes there are some things where he he kind of exaggerated and you don't know like the conversation that was released right before the runoff in georgia he he really hurt the, the senate he really hurt the country because i think that's what threw off very close election but i agree, i agree with you on the on a potential trump scott ticket would be great Good. I, I, I'm, I'm glad. Um, I got to admit, though, in, in Trump had some problems. And one of the problems he had, he walked into the presidency like a business. You know, if you're a vice president of Ford and you get hired at GM and you walk in the GM, there's a lot of people working under the vice president of the GM that when you get there, you don't fire them all because you're all working for the same team. But when Trump became president, he had that attitude like it was a business. And a lot of people were there sabotaging him that he didn't get rid of. And, like, I believe it was the director of FBI outright said, yeah, I sent a couple guys down there, and we we bagged that guy from Rhode Island, that Flynn. And, you know, we got away with that because Trump didn't realize just how bad things were. And and, and I think a second president with Trump, he'd go in there with guns ablaze and they wouldn't get away with that kind of thing again. And shame on them, by the way, for pulling that. Shame with a whole lot of our government for pulling that, including our FBI and our DOJ. They're really out of control. But, yeah, they abused Trump because he went in in, in, the, in that way. He was too nice to his own people. He expected his, his adversaries to be the foreign countries. He didn't realize the biggest adversary of all would be his own people here in America. Yep. And I think he, he'll get, have gotten over that if he gets a second presidency. He's definitely going to take care of that one. Appreciate your call. Yeah, thanks, Thank you. as always. Have a great day. You're on the Upfront program. Want to do one more call, and then we'll yeah. bring up another topic. Hello there. Thank you for your call, and good morning to you. Wow. <laughs> That's all I can say. Good morning. How's everybody? Good, I hope. Good. Excellent. Okay. Listen, you know, I think it's interesting, and I think it's good that, that his name has been brought up, because now people will have some time to pay attention to him, and they will look towards... Um, seeing if he sounds like he would be a good candidate, because I'm sure there's many people out there that have never even heard of him. Many. Right. Yes, absolutely. This was, as we said, this was a very important speech to him. 
uh, him personally in the country because he's not everyone's going to watch the the, the um, Republican National Convention, and he he had a prime spot, but it wasn't the prime spot, of course. So yes, this was his first exposure, and now yeah, and I and I yeah. think that that's a very good thing if he does have what is needed then people will be aware of him and pay a little bit more attention. And, you know, we're only going to know as much of these people when they're running as they want us to know, other than following the media. And I don't think you can really follow the media to get exact information. Well, it, 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 it depends because, as we, as we discussed earlier, Biden... I'm frustrated when when I when I watched that speech last night. I wasn't frustrated with Biden. I was frustrated with the number of people who voted for him. To, to take him seriously, there's something called YouTube, and Biden's of a, of an age where there's video, and you know the crime bill that he pushed in 1994. The fact that he didn't want his kids to go to a segregated school because it'd be a race, racial jungle. On and on and on and on. And the Democrats can overlook that. There's a track record of almost 50 years what Biden is. So what Biden says right now is clearly either not his own thinking or he's so insincere. It's, well, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's funny you should say that. I don't know how you feel, Roger, but um, I think he's got kind of a short fuse because he's interesting to watch when he's being interviewed. He does not like it if someone questions him on something. And he ha I think he has a hard time not showing it, you know what I mean? And there's a big difference between being a vice president and, and not being involved and having to be able to give speeches and on a regular basis and being the president. So now he's the president. So I find him that he has to be accountable for a lot of things. But I think he, he's got a short fuse. I, 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 it's in, to me, it's, it's immediately noticeable when he doesn't like something that is said. And um, whether you like it or not, you still are going to be accountable for giving an answer that uh, people, you know, ask a question to. You know, I, I just I just find it all very interesting, and I would I would really like to know who writes these speeches because I don't believe he wrote that speech by any means. You can be guaranteed we don't know who wrote them, but we know That's who right, didn't write them. But wouldn't you like to know? I I always think that when I listen to these speeches, I would really like to know they who put this thing together. Ghostwriters. Uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, if people think they're really writing them, I mean, years ago, I think you had that, many years ago, but I don't think you see that anymore. Well, so. it's funny, uh, you talk about that, one of the things that I didn't get to is we know Biden probably wrote his speeches years ago because he was stealing other, he was stealing and uh, oh, yeah. plagiarizing from other yeah. folks. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think a bona fide speechwriter would have done that. So like we, we know that, you know, David Gherkin, he voted, he uh, wrote a lot of President Bush's speeches and what have you. Of course, you, 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 you're going to have speechwriters, and I, and I think to criticize anyone, I, I don't think that makes any sense. They're all going to have speechwriters. But if you, since you bring that up, you know, Biden has plagiarized, and that's what cost him, I think it was 1988, he had to drop out. Yeah, as, well, as, I, I found it interesting, and I mean, it's all brand new, and let's see where he's going. And the incumbent has the advantage of taking uh, advantage of all good things that are happening. They don't usually like to talk about the things that aren't good that are happening, but they do. Um, you know, nobody comes into that office being the person that has put everything in place that makes anything great. 
um, you know, uh, you're lucky if you have an administration and you come in and you have that kind of a deal because now it reflects on the person that's there. But it's all very interesting and it's all very new and it'll be interesting. But I'd sure love to know who writes that speech because I know he didn't write it. <laughs> well, again, thanks. That's all I have to say. Thanks Bye. For the call. Bye-bye. Thank you. Other topics of uh, concern are uh, on the board. Uh, do you have something else? I just wanted to mention um, uh, it's a kind of a minor topic. But uh, it just shows you where we're going as um, there are a couple of uh, Rhode Island legislators very excited about introducing new legislation that makes uh, free bus rides for everybody in Rhode Island. No matter who you are, don't need an ID. You can be 10 years old. You can be 100 years old. You can be uh, a billionaire. You just wait at the bus stop. A Ripta bus stops, picks you up, and brings you wherever you want to go. Um, are you for free bus rides for everybody? <laughs> Should they pay something, or uh, are we? Uh, is that just the way things? Everything is going to be free. You know, it, it's interesting because you, you take the two sides of it. Royal Little, who uh, started Textron, the company I used to work for, uh, he used to take. The, he lived in Narragansett. And he was the CEO at the time and used to take the bus from Narragansett to Providence uh, every day. Mm -hmm. I guess what happens to, and this is a, a, a debate among itself, but uh, you're going to have the homeless on the buses all day. Mm -hmm. So they have no place to be, and that's a problem. It's not as big of a problem, uh, I think, in Rhode Island as it would be like in California or, or other very high um, living expenses states but um you are going to have that's going to be an unintended consequence you're going to have the homeless on the buses all day so are we going to accomplish what you want to accomplish with that and is it a topic that uh, most people will not really care much about because i have a private vehicle and i don't use ripta so therefore yeah if they want a free bus ride we'll let it go I, you know not a big deal you know yeah i, I think that's going to be be the case um, because if you look at, uh, you know, there's a certain things out there where I, I just think whether it's on the national level or the state level, they're just going to let, let it go because they, they don't want to be perceived as being heartless. But that's what's going to happen. And as I mentioned before, you know, Providence is pretty much a ghost town. But right now, it, parking in Citizens Plaza is about $330 a month. So a lot of people take Ripta. So do you want to discourage people from, you know, taking uh you know the bus to to Providence because you you've got uh, the homeless on all day and that's something to think about. Well, it's being prevented uh, presented as as an environmental uh, thing, meaning that uh, because it's going to be free, everybody is going to take the bus. You're going to park your car in the garage, take the bus because you're protecting the environment, right? So you're going to do that, aren't you? Well, they, they did They did a survey, and they said 98% of the people said that public transportation is good for other people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's take another call. You're on the upfront program. Hello. Hello. Good morning, gentlemen. Good, good morning. morning. Hi. You know, I think this is just, and I'm going to comment on what you're speaking about now, but I'm going to go back to the uh, previous uh, item. Uh, one of the things, as I'm hearing you, it, it's all part of the climate, 
you know, it's kind of the macro and the micro. So this is all part of the climate situation that you brought up uh, to improve our climate. But it's also still about the power and control, I believe, and that, you know, with the electric cars, uh, they're, they're creating situations, uh, you know, to get people not to have access to go where they really want to go. Uh, I, I think it's just like the gag with the uh, face mask. So, yeah. so they're subsidizing buses so you can't go where you want to go because you won't own a car and therefore you're limiting your travel around the, around the country? Yeah, you can't get in the car and drive up to Maine if you're... How, 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 are, those, how are those two things compatible? Uh, to, how do you tie them together where they're, they want people to take more buses but they won't be able to go if they won't have their own car? I'm, I'm not following. Well, they'll have to go with the bus routes go. You can only go to wherever the bus delivers you unless you want to pedal along on a bicycle after uh, or walk the rest of the way. So you think they're going to push out cars uh, and have everyone take public transportation? Uh, I think that's what they like. Uh, isn't that what they do in China? <laughs> oh, they sell. They I sell. Well, I don't know. In China, they sell hundreds of thousands of Buicks and, and Cadillacs. So I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah, although I don't know. It's not, you know, it's just I'm just hearing this and it's a new proposal and, uh, you know, uh, buses. I, I often see folks, even if I'm up at the uh, one of the plazas on Diamond Hill, there are people waiting for the bus ride, you know, to pick them up, to bring them wherever. I'm sure they wait. I don't know. I think of how long they wait for incessant, uh, you know, half hours to, for the bus to arrive and then they have to wait and have you taken a bus anywhere i i know i used to travel on a bus from one socket when i first started to go to college at rhode island junior college in providence because yeah. uh, i didn't have a car and, and i'd get on the bus and they stop at every blessed situation so it's also rather than getting your car and have a you know an hour perhaps set aside for doing errands you have to take half a day to get to where you definitely need to go because I, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry i cannot follow your point all right well that's all right i, I was calling primarily about the racism thing you know? okay let's, so let's switch gears on this thing yeah. so the thing about the racism and, and i did not watch his speech uh, and I did not hear the Scott presentation. But the facts that you brought up that he, he brought forward were really great in that people have accomplished some wonderful things no matter what shade or color or creed they come from. So, unfortunately, I see that there is racism in the country, but it's used in order to pit people against the other groups. And in uh, Biden's... Uh, White House, it's used to, uh, to create an agenda of pitting, you know, the haves and the have-nots, and and it brought to mind, have they eliminated those totally black colleges that were 
created? No, they've, they've actually increased funding for them, and I don't see that as an issue. Maybe I'm being a hypocrite, but no, what happened is um, they used to go to the White House every year and asking for funding, and now now it's permanent. Um, we fund Harvard, Yale. Um, I, I really I really don't have an issue with that. What I have an yeah, issue well, what I have I, an issue with is uh, integrated colleges where they're having their own graduation, where this is the Asian graduation, this is the white graduation. Right. That, that I think I think that's silly and, and, and unhelpful. Well, and that's the thing. It's like you know, don't use it to create divisiveness in, in our country and, and pit one group against the other because that's not going to help anyone. Absolutely not. Um, it, I, if you have time today and if you didn't see it, I, I forget if it's 15, 20 minutes, but uh, you'll, I, I think you'll see a view of America from the eyes of a minority who grew up through the ranks, saw the American dream, and, and cherishes the American dream, and specifically does not want to see racism from 100 years ago be, uh, try to be corrected with equity, with race, racism today. And I tell you, I, I watched it twice. There wasn't one word that I disagree with. He just came across really, really good. And I like the prior call. I think Bob from Pawtucket, um, that would be a pretty formidable ticket of uh, if Trump yeah. is still healthy and, and sharp and can kind of tone it down. Because, I, I, again, I loved the way Trump attacked things. He just didn't have to attack people. There are ways to do it without the way he did it. We always appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and he accomplished so much. Nobody will ever convince me otherwise. Absolutely. He promised to do things, and he got them accomplished, even with such a huge backlash, uh, you know, push against him from the uh, Democrats. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks Enjoy a lot. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Ron, one of our emailers, informed us uh, this is an interesting trend, Mr. Uh, Boulay. In North Attleboro, uh, just to read uh, the this is out of the Sun Chronicle newspaper. There, the town senior center in North Attleboro could be getting a new home. The town manager told members of the town council at their hybrid meeting this week that officials are in talks with the managers of the Emerald Square Mall to shift the facility to the unoccupied space at the mall. As we continue to see mall retail space being recycled to other uses. Any other topic you want to bring up? You, you, know, you can comment on that, but it's just a sign of the time. It, it is a sign of the time, and sometimes it's so self-inflicted. I mean, you go to some of these malls, and I remember um, when working downtown Providence, I still have an office there. I, I'm in walking distance of, of the Providence Place Mall, and the, the kiosk people are so aggressive where they'll, they'll get in your way to try to sell you something. And I, and I complained to management about that. I said, you're, you're, you're cutting your own throats. So what they have is they have a bunch of kids hanging around there who have no spending power. So they, they, they deserve what they get, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So trends are changing. And if you're not going to change with the trends and you're going to basically offend and harass your best clients, your best customers, you deserve to go out of business. Thank you, Ron, for that heads up on the Emerald Square Mall possibly becoming... The North um, Attleboro Senior Center. Other topics on the table. Well, a, a short one, but I, I, I saw it with amusement to come when we talked about the other day. There's a, it doesn't matter, there's a owner who puts a uh, full page ad in the Valley Breeze uh, from time to time saying that Rhode Island is 
uh, by too many cars outside in Massachusetts. So the ratio, for those who weren't listening, is on average per month about 2,500 Rhode Islanders by a car in Massachusetts, while 500... And you talk about new cars. 500 new cars we bought from, from people in Massachusetts residents to Rhode Island. And he, he extrapolated out to used cars and showed that it was $148 million of sales tax revenue that we're losing. But it's funny. I read the front page of the Woonsocket Call today, uh, article by Joe Nato. Lincoln's majestic Honda moves to North Attleboro, becomes Belize Honda. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that loyalty only works one way. So for whatever reason, uh, majestic Honda is moving to North Attleboro. They're leaving Rhode Island. But um, we, we as Rhode Islanders are supposed to uh, only buy cars in Rhode Island. But uh, they're free to take their dealership and move it to Massachusetts. Back in a moment, Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket. Socket, Jefferson Boulevard in Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Time out for Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces flip-flop wines. And listen to this. We have two bottles of flip-flop for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10. Mix and match. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California in six varieties, including Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, it's two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyard's quality wine experiences. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, 26 47 plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. So, for a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors. 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? 765-1800 and speak to Mike, the manager. Yeah, Michael, uh, take good care of you at uh, Champs Liquors for Keyway. And um, now we're going to talk about the Roast House and maybe um, you're headed there for lunch today. Might not be a bad choice because they're Luncheon menu is sitting right in front of me, and I uh, will tell you that you can enjoy lunch as early as 11.30. You can uh, have as late as 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, different prices. And let's uh, look at the six ninety nine menu. There's a nice hot open-faced uh, sandwich. You can have your choice of roast beef or roast turkey or roast ham, and your choice of one side. We also have uh, buffalo chicken strips and fries. That's six ninety nine, and fish tacos. We've had that a few times. at six ninety nine, and um, also chicken and chips. This is very popular. You know, um, you don't always have to have fish and chips. You get the um, what they call the luncheon portion of our famous crispy battered uh, boneless fried chicken, and then it's served with your choice of um, sauces, and you also get fries and coleslaw. That's all six ninety nine. And uh, if you're looking for um, good food, I'll give you one more uh, $6.99 one. This is the French Dip Roast Beef Sandwich. And that's um, five ounces of thinly sliced roast beef on a bulky roll served with the, uh, with the dripping sauce. And one side and a huge dill pickle spear. 
six ninety nine. It's the Roast House Luncheon Menu, the Roast House on Vom Street in Blackstone, Massachusetts. Stones throw from Woonsocket, R.I. It's a great place for lunch and a great place for dinner, too. We have a nice dinner menu. We're open seven days a week. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. A chicken and chips sounds good with the uh, fries and the coleslaw. Six ninety nine, the roast house. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to uh, the Upfront program. It is a radio program and also an internet program. A lot of people grab the program uh, streaming, and uh, they get it through a whole bunch of different sources. Whatever source you get it through, thank you for being with us. Uh, we um, are we're pleased and flattered that um, you are letting some of your valuable time be uh, shared with us. We appreciate that. We're bringing up all kinds of different topics, but it is a talk show. And I, I will tell you, before we you know, go to Chris for another uh, topic, that our numbers are 766-1380-769-0600. And the uh, email address is upfront at WNRI.com. All right, let's go back to topics. Uh, yesterday's Woonsocket call on the front page, Council Mayor Spat overfed aid. Mm-hmm. So as people probably realize, it was, I guess it was based on community development block grant money and how that was allocated to each town and city. But it looks like the uh, city is going to get a roughly $40 million windfall from the American Rescue Plan Act. And the mayor's reaction to it may offer a glimpse into the competing internet, uh, in, uh, internal tussle for decision-making power over how the money is spent. So this is an article by Russ Olivo. Um, I, I think it's common sense that the uh, city council have oversight of this money. I wouldn't trust the mayor over $40 million without oversight. That's almost one-third of our budget. All right. And so I'll, I'll, I'll come up with a politically safe answer. Uh, and uh, take it out of Woonsocket, take it out of the Woonsocket City Council, take it away from the mayor. I think this should be done nationwide in every, depending on how the money is coming in. Some, some, uh, some places it comes in by county and some places it comes in by city or town. I think every city and town should create, because there's so much money involved, an oversight committee everywhere, not just Woonsocket. And um, and it should uh, the the more the more input you have when you have a windfall of money, it's um, you know it's like saying to a corporation uh, we've got um, you know like ten million dollars of profits and then the CEO gets to uh, allocate uh, how to uh, distribute those profits. No, you that's why you have boards of directors and uh, that's why you have vice presidents and so forth. So um, I'm I'm not going to uh, condemn any any person in Woonsocket. Uh, I'm just saying that I am for oversight, and I I think if you have a city council and a mayor in a community, then they should share the responsibility. If you have a town manager and a town council in a community, they should share the responsibility. I'm almost positive that no one administrator uh, is uh, able to spend that money unilaterally. Um, in, in well, maybe maybe there are some dictator mayorships in the world. It, it, it just seems what you said is just common sense. Mm-hmm. It's um, <clears throat> the the mayor proposes a budget uh, every year, whether it's the city, as you said, or others, and then the city council uh, approves it. So to take one third of the budget potentially and not have city council oversight, I I, I just don't get it. it. Doesn't make any sense at all to me. All right. Well, uh, the council uh, did pass. And an ordinance uh, creating, I don't know if it was an ordinance, uh, I think it was, creating this board at past five to nothing. 
she may veto it, um, and she uh, and if she does, um, it may get overridden. So uh, I think it's probably understood that uh, there will be uh, a few um, a few heads on. Now, I'd like to see Mr. Canoyer and Mr. Ward, who are both uh, pretty competent. Uh, you know, not to discredit any of the other members of the council, but I would like to be able to see the council have an input into. Um, into uh, making decisions as to how this money should be allocated. Don't want to waste it on stuff. Nope, absolutely not. Do we've we got a, about a minute and a half. Um, just, uh, it, it came through, um, I guess it was 8.30. The U.S. economy surges to the start of the year as the gross domestic product jumped 6.4% in the first quarter. So, usually the, the economy will grow 2 2.5%, depending if it's Republicans or Democrats in power. Obviously, the 6.4 is off of a weaker base, but it, it, it says that the economy is growing and the Fed is holding interest rates near zero, sees faster growth and higher inflation. It just, the, the $6 trillion that the Biden administration wants to spend right now, it's just, it's just at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. This thing is going to unwind itself. And when we have, as talked about, a $25 trillion economy and a $35 trillion debt, we're going to have no wiggle room to, to do what we need to do to jumpstart the economy. So Biden's trying to break something, that, that uh, fix something that it's not broken. And it's just, it's just awful. If we want to keep depending on the government to control our lives, to overmanage things and just keep voting Democrat. Well, so will he get his way in the Congress um, with this um, uh, with this spending? Uh, I mean, I know the votes are there, but I'm, isn't there a few Democrats that would push back on this? Well, Senator Manchin, I think from West Virginia, he has a lot of power. He's a Democrat in name only. He basically... Uh, he's given. He wants input from the Republicans on the infrastructure plan. He thinks it's overkill. He wants to see it more streamlined because, as they say, if everything's infrastructure, nothing is infrastructure. Thank if everything is racism, nothing is racism. Thank you for joining us today, Chris. Always appreciated. We'll see you tomorrow on the Upfront program with uh, Bob Martin and our real estate question and also with co-host, uh, well, not a co-host, he's the host, John Brian. Bye-bye, everybody. This has been WNRI's Upfront. 